All right, welcome back to the Hindsight is 50-50 podcast. Hi, I'm J-Rod, and this is my co-host, the ORG, old retired guy. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Had a, uh interesting weekend of sports. I've done a couple things with the family and just uh, just been trying to relax a little bit. What about yourself? Anything new or exciting? No, you know, just country living, the same old stuff. It's homeownership you know we had some more wind damage you know we get howling winds out here and um it's not like you lost your last tree right (laughs) the last of the three pear trees that i believe are they were close to 20 years old and the last of them we lost um last week in the wind lost a couple pieces of siding too which i still have to it's stuff that i can't get to so i got to deal with that with the insurance company but um it just yeah, said just, Greg you know, out there. Just, just <laughs> doing. Just well, it, Greg actually has one of those lifts, so I could. Yeah. Send, I could send Greg he, out there. He do it for free. <laughs> well, he he repaired a piece in the back that was literally thirty feet off the ground, directly above the walkout. That was like I mean, thirty feet off the ground, and he fixed that for me for free. That is he, that is one hell of a neighbor to have. That no, is, he's great. He's got all the tools. He's a great guy, and yep. And, uh, and the all of all of the neighbors out here, they work. I I think I work a fair amount as far as tinkering and doing things outside. All of my neighbors out here work me into the, the into the ground. Oh Leroy. god! I mean, you guys like have that like well shit. Now he's mowing his fucking lawn. I gotta mow my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Greg is there on the riding mower, and then all of a sudden you see neighbor Greg out on the tractor. <laughs> I I swear, and, and Greg's the worst. And I mean, that guy just cut, works nonstop. He cuts lawns. No, about that. I mean, Greg's the, the absolute best the, as far as being a neighbor. But he he had cut his lawn like three days ago. This was last week. Three days prior, he had cut his lawn. There was a nice day, so I cut mine. He came home after working, cutting lawns, and mowed his lawn again. After three three days. And we're not mowing lawns. Have you ever been in his barn down there? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's he's got all kinds of stuff going on, but... But speaking of neighbors, you said you guys got some some uh, new neighbors, and I've been razzing you a little bit about it. But what what's the background here? What's the story with the new neighbors that are coming in? Okay, well, our road is a private road, and it kind of winds, and it gets more remote the farther you go back. Ours, although it's very private, it isn't wooded and remote. Um, but as you go back farther beyond us, because it extends for about another quarter to half a mile it gets really remote like you can't even see the houses there's so many trees and so anyway there was five acres up for sale these people bought it they've been building a house which there's still all of this uh backlash from covid as far as supply chains etc on building materials and contractors. Yeah, I cannot you know. believe they could afford to build a house. Well, well, okay, that's part of the story. These people, you would crack up. And I found this so ironic. They're they're super nice. I I don't I don't know how old they are. I'm terrible at age. They're older than you, but not as old as me. 
Um, That's a pretty big and, fucking gap. <laughs> well, but there, there's 30 years in there, so there's somewhere in that 30 year gap. Yeah, but they're you know they're just super a standard nice. like lifetime. <laughs> they're they're super nice, uh, and and this process has taken a while. So as I do, and I've done this with JJ, with your son JJ, um, I I'll take the quad back there on the weekends. Because they've got a building site back there, and I mean, they had a basement, they had frame, they had lots of building materials on the ground, and whenever I'd see a car go by that I didn't recognize, if it was you know, during daylight hours, I'd hop on the quad. Again, one time I took JJ with me, and I'd just ride back there up to their house just to see if somebody was back there stealing something or doing something they weren't supposed to do. And... They actually had, she stopped, the lady stopped one day, introduced herself. I was out in the yard messing around, and she introduced herself. Really nice lady. Um, she told me about her husband. And so I went back there and stopped and talked to them one day when I knew they were there. Because he's not building the house, but he's overseeing the building of the house. And again, I think they're fairly well-to-do. And I had told them that it was before my birthday. My birthday was the middle of the month. And I told them when I saw them up at their place, I said, well, yeah, I'll be 67 next week. So in the meantime, they had come down and she, she needed help with something. And it took me about 30 seconds and a pair of wire cutters. And I helped her out. And she was extraordinarily grateful. And then another time she came down and she asked me if I had some kind of a file. Well, I didn't have that kind of file that she wanted, but I, I just handed her two or three files. And I go, well, maybe one of these will work. And evidently it did. So they brought the, they brought the tools back at the end of the day. And then the next week when it was my birthday, and it happened to be on my birthday, they come to the house, they hand me a card, they give me a, a pot of flowers for the porch. A, and the husband <laughs> and the husband said says to me, he goes, You can't give a guy just flowers. So he hands me a dozen golf balls and a greenskeeper, like the little pocket tool, you know? Like that's the divot legit. fixer or whatever. I mean, that is a guy who gets it. Jared, that's not the best part. The card was the absolute best part. But even cooler than that, and I know your gaming name is Five. Yeah. His company, which I don't, I mean, his company is called Fives. What? F-I-V-E-S. All right. <laughs> it's on the golf balls. It's on the greenskeeper thing. Five. What does he do? They, they're in the auto parts supply business for the big three. Um, nice. I think, and I don't know this, and I don't know them other than, you know, a few interactions with them like I've had so far. Playing tummy sticks and all that. Yeah, yeah. well, whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, they're, they're super Playing nice with another people. man's balls. They hand me this card, and this card has a guy on a motorcycle, and he's climbing up this hill. And then it, and it shows the downside of the hill, and it's got an arrow, and it says, and then points to the downside hill. You open it up, it says, over the hill, maybe. Badass, 
for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I take it. it they've seen you on your bike. Oh yeah, yeah. They've seen. And I mean, the hill is the reference to the hill down our private drive, right? No, no, no. The hill is a reference to my age. I know, but I mean, it's it's fitting that you're the guy who rides a bike over the hill. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just I thought it was hilarious. I I just thought the card was fantastic, and then the the it was even funnier because he said to me, he goes, "Well, they've got company logos on them," and I go. That's great. I'll tell him I know the guy who owns the company. <laughs> um, but he just, they, he seems like a really nice guy. And, and they, I think they're going to be great neighbors. I think they're going to move in. They, I think next month, but you know how that goes. I mean, but, that's, that's good though. Cause there's not much worse than a shitty neighbor. Right. And that, but you know, they are, um, he is originally from Hillsdale, I believe. It was a, I don't know if they've been bought out by a major corporation. If you look up Fives, which I did, I mean, there's dots all over the world. So I, I don't know if they were bought out by a, a major corporation or what, but um, just seemed like wonderful, just very nice people. Your mom, she she tells me now that, you know, I'm a social butterfly. Well, she I'm, re- does I'm retired. So gay. <laughs> I have time to I have time to talk yeah. now. <laughs> oh, <God>. You are <laughs> a little butterfly. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. And you know, and and oh. then we have the 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 other neighbors. The other mouth. neighbors that you know moved in and they're younger. They're both retired military, but they're both in their early forties. And, uh, and they have a daughter and she is, she's like 20 and she has horses. And so I've, they actually, I took one of dad's saddles up to them and I said, test drive it, see if you like it. If you do, we'll negotiate a price. And so, yeah, but. Your mom, I'm a social butterfly now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least she calls you out on it. You well, yeah, because up. I'm friendly to our new neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Just the men, though. <laughs> just, just, but men. anyway, like, so hey, that's, that's the new neighbors. I can't quit story, you, cowboy. They, <laughs> they seem, <laughs> they seem like, they seem like really nice people. Both, <laughs> both new neighbors. There are now, this road's almost a mile long, and I think we have the smallest parcel on this road, and it's four acres. Um, and there's, with this new home being built, there'll be 12 total houses, but half of them you can't even see from our house. So it doesn't change anything for us, and it's not, you know, add a couple more cars a day on this road. That's, you know, so now there's 12. Right. <laughs> but... Yeah, they, they just seem like really nice people. Are you guys so, going to ever get a mailbox at the end of the drive, or are you going to be the only house that doesn't have one? I almost did it last year, and then I just said, yeah. Because yeah, your asshole postmaster general, whatever the fuck his title was. Well, he's gone now, and they they got <laughs> rid of him. So, you know, um, well, I don't have to deal with him anymore. And when he left town, or was asked to leave town. Yeah. I, I, don't, uh, I wasn't the only person who had problems with him, by the way. There were several. Oh, I know, I know. And I, yeah, there was, was an article in the local newspaper about, and it, and it actually, 
showed you how to make a complaint, which, you know, he had problems down in Detroit, didn't he? Yeah. Lots, lots of people think, you know, they forget about it's U.S. Postal Service. It's federal. So you have to go through this chain of command process. Right. To make a complaint. Because otherwise, if you make it directly to the post office, it goes to the postmaster, which is that guy. <laughs> so all he does is yeah. rip it up and throw it away. It's like, oh, I'm a problem. Fuck yeah. You. Yeah. But they actually in the pa- in the newspaper they. But told I thought you, you said to... that he had had a past of getting reported in Detroit as well. <clears throat> in other little towns, I was told, and I don't know this for a fact, but I heard it from somebody who I believe that he had been run out of other local jurisdictions like Manchester is, uh, like our little town is. Um, and, you know, it, he just had a long history of uh, poor performance, but he was protected somehow. I don't know how, but it, 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 at any I mean, rate, that's he, how it goes, but at least at least somebody finally caught him. You know? He's gone now, and so I I haven't chosen to put in a a, a wooden a wood and metal mailbox. Yeah, uh, I still have the PO box because I go into town to take recycled. Yeah, it's something to and, do. Well, and you know, chat chat with whomever. Yeah, you fucking <laughs> I bump see a into butterfly. <laughs> big big queer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Being anyways. Other than your gay side stories with the neighbor, um, we did kind of skip over this, but but local news, uh, local sports. Did you want to cover that? Sure. Okay. I so, watch. I watched the Michigan game versus Maryland, as as I'm sure you did. Yes. And okay. I, I was. Go ahead. Frustrated. Um, a little bit disappointed, but. I also think Maryland has always had athletes and they might actually have a coach that is making them a dangerous team. I've always said this about Maryland. You're so close to DC and Baltimore. You can get athletes. Yeah. And it, and he's from there. Well, and you're pulling, you're getting the kids from Jersey too. It's, you know, and I I mean, they've got a a transfer from Bama. Yeah, they've got a hell of a lot of athletes, and I do think there are some studs that made it difficult. Um, it it showed us film to me that, like, okay, when when Michigan plays Indiana uh, almost every year, I hate when we play them because Indiana schemes against us so well. They show like Ohio State and other teams how to beat us. In the past, I probably would have felt that way about the Maryland game. But I actually like what happened this past weekend. And the, and the reason that I like it is because it, it's early enough in the season, but it also put you know film in our own film room where it's like, yeah, we have these great big receivers that are total badasses if you get them the ball. And they're faster than shit. Not one of them could get separation. We couldn't settle down and sit in a zone. Well, the, those are things we're going to see on film that, w- that we're going to get right. We also showed that even when a team knows we can't throw it and we're going to run, we can still shove it down their throat, even when they have a pretty good D-line. But Your I also think... boy missed a few long balls too, buddy. But yeah, well, I, he did. I think he was off. I don't, I don't think that's like a... 
ongoing problem. I think he had a bad day, and I think he looked like shit. But I don't think that's going to be stereotypical for his long ball. He's normally pretty accurate with those. My thing with him was we have to focus, focus, focus for when we get against the big bad schools because he's got to have a timer in his head to get rid of the ball. Zero pocket presence in that game. Zero. He looked like he, a totally different player. He held on to the ball, I mean, so many times. Just throw it away or run. You you can run. Those yeah, are times I, when you need to run. And run. somebody's got to teach him. It's just like any running play. You you don't have to hit a home run. Three to four yards does us a hell of a lot of good, putting us in second, medium, or third and short. And it's like he won't run unless he sees 20 yards. And it's like, no, dude, I, I don't care if you run four and slide. That's still better than throwing the ball away. You got four yards. And I, I love Blake Corum, but we can't be giving him the ball 30 times a game. You'll kill Not him. repeatedly. Nope, we, need, run the wheels right off. we need Donovan Edwards back. I mean, they put Stokes in, who had looked good, albeit against inferior opponents. They gave him one carry, and he fumbled. <laughs> So he yeah, never saw and the I don't think Edwards can be replaced because Edwards, to me, uh, although he's not shifty like it, uh, he he opens the field like a Darren Sproles does. Like Edwards' hands as a receiver are so good, you have to cover him out of the backfield because he'll kill you. And and guess what? If you put a linebacker on him. We'll audible into an in an empty set, and now you have a linebacker covering this kid deep, and he's got wheels and great hands. And it's like when he's not on the field, I'm not saying Corum can't catch or this the Stokes kid can't catch, but it's like they're not the same threat as to where he's number seven, right? Edwards seven. Yes. It's like when seven walks on the field, you know those coaches are like, you have to cover this guy. You have he's dangerous as hell. You have to cover because his hands are so freaking good. And it's like he brings a dimension where that threat is there. And I do think that allowed Maryland to bottle us a little bit more because they don't have to cover it. Because okay, if Edwards is in that game and you keep going flat, 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 flat over and over, that zone or that that man coverage, even if they play a little bit of that, it's going to press up. And then it's like you get one combo route from one of our big receivers, Johnson or somebody, and it's like they're gone. So, I mean, I I do think without having him on the field, we lose that dimension. And uh, Corum is a hell of a player. But Edwards brings a dimension that you, you cannot replace because of the threat. In when you look at Quorum and, and and don't jump to a conclusion about this, okay? All I'm saying is he is the exact same size as Barry Sanders. He's not Barry Sanders, but he has that strength. He's like a lot of one cut where Barry was, you know, four jumps and one cut. He reminds me of Maurice Jones Drew. Yeah, I, I actually think he he's a better back than him. But and and I'm not saying he's Barry, but he's his body size and type, and he's really strong. I just don't think that you can. I don't want to hang our hat on him carrying the ball 30 times a game. 
he did it and he got 243 yards, but I think you're asking to get to wear him down if you do that. So we've got to get Edwards back. I, we need another back that's able to carry the ball. And I would Absolutely. bet you that Stokes has gone through a bunch of drills, fumbling, not fumbling. Drills, Probably had to hold a know. football all week. Yeah, could be. But I, I just thought McCarthy played like deer in the headlights. Yeah, and his stats were not terrible. It was they like he was bad, stoned. But I don't he even... missed several opportunities. See, like, on... like deer in the headlights stands still and gets run Big over, time. right? But like for him, to me, it was Big it was time. almost worse because it wasn't like somebody rung his bell or or he looked shook. It looked like he never showed up. It was like, did you party last night and you're hungover? Like. Your deep ball's off, which it's not normally off. Your short throws are hitting the back hit instead of leading the receiver. Your your pocket presence is garbage, and there's times where you're standing there for six seconds and you don't even think to check the pocket. It's well, you, like, you have been a big proponent of his, and I've said all along, I agree with you, he's a heck of an athlete. And Jacob, your brother Jacob, has been way more. I mean, way more. And he and I, and I wasn't doing a I told you so thing, because he would, when McNamara was playing, and it was even last year, when they won the Big Ten and went to the college football playoff, Jacob was complaining about McNamara the whole time. And I didn't say that. I, did, I, did, I wasn't going to say I told you so. What I did say was, he has no pocket presence, and and Jacob think, totally agreed with me. I and think we this is a Harbaugh problem. Well, I don't. He, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that. I think people, this is a clock in your head. This is an instinct problem. Yeah, but even his throws were off. And and did you, and did you so, see did you see Brady the other night? And they no, lost the game, but Brady who. <laughs> He can run faster than me, but not by a lot. He ran for like 15 yards in a, you know, and that's just one run, which he can't run. But he has the presence to be able to step up or step to the side. And he's always had that. He has always yeah. had that. And McCarthy, he's gotta, he's gotta develop something. At least throwing the ball away. I just, I really think this is a Harbaugh thing. I mean, we've had QBs, and the, and it's happened. People have talked about it on ESPN, where it's like, after playing with Harbaugh, they have a completely different throwing animation, and people are like, why? And, and I don't know if he has this like need to try and force people to do everything his way, but it's like. McCarthy, I'm not, I'm not saying we played good teams, but he looked amazing earlier this season. And then all of a sudden, now he looks like garbage. And it's like, we we did the same thing with McNamara. I mean, he won a Big Ten championship, and then he comes out, and he looks like fucking trash. And it's like, who's teaching these guys something that they clearly don't need to be taught? Whatever we're doing is making them worse. Run away. McNamara can still and and can still 
throw the owl as good as anybody that I've seen. He he is not a runner. He's nowhere near the athlete that McCarthy is. I think he's a leader. They voted His him captain. The ball is less accurate than me punting the ball. Yeah. Yeah, well... They voted him team captain, I think, and that his teammates did that. So I think there's intangibles there, and I'm not saying he should be starting. All I'm saying is, is that I maybe it was, maybe it was deer in the headlights. Maybe he knows that that job is his now, because McNamara was in street clothes on the sidelines, and maybe he knows that that job is his. Um. But for whatever whatever the reason, his pocket presence was uh, very, very poor. In fact, mostly non-existent. And he had several opportunities on deep balls where guys did get separation, and they were open by two or three steps, and he overthrew every guy. And he's got a, I, I know he's got the arm. I'm sure he can fix what it. What makes you wonder too is that that letdown game where like Maryland's better than than what you think they are, and you're playing like they're fucking nobody. It the you the know, other thing I was gonna say about the deep ball, and this is not to make an excuse because his deep ball was atrocious that game, but like it did seem like everybody was jogging because the field was so wet, and he was still throwing it like people could run it. Like it was like. It was like his entire skill set is based off of timing. And because people couldn't get their, their get off, their launch off the line, and couldn't get to full speed as fast, he was still throwing every route as if it was timing instead of where the receiver was. And I wonder the same thing about the pocket. Is it like, is one little slip up in the rain, like thrown off your footwork, and now you don't know what to do because you have no experience? Like, is the, I don't know. Uh, like along with the but, deer in the headlights, it was like he could not adjust to it being a little bit wet. And I don't think it was wet enough to make an excuse for anybody to play worse. But I do I did notice that it substantially slowed players down and people fell down on their cuts and all kinds of stuff. But it's like his deep balls consistently were overthrown and it's like dude you're throwing this as if it's timed like it is in practice every day and it's like guess what when it's wet out those guys are a half second behind where they normally are you can't just keep throwing to that spot it looked to me just very simply to me like he was pressing he was really pressing and when you press more, more times bad things happen than good when you're pressing you just gotta let it. You just gotta let it go. You gotta block that out. Like, uh, clear the mechanism or whatever that is, because he he really his pocket presence was very poor. His long his deep passes were bad, but his stats were not bad in that game. They really weren't. They they were. And the fact of the matter is, Jared he played. They played three teams that were awful. I mean, those teams are awful. Colorado yep. State, Hawaii, and UConn are all terrible Division One football teams. And everybody knows it. So it's easy to look good there. I think he'll rebound. I hope he does. I'll tell you what, Iowa got embarrassed in the Big Ten championship game. That game's at Iowa. And Kinnick 
I'm grateful that the game's a noon kickoff because a night game at Iowa is even tougher. And in spite of their offense, which has looked awful this year, they've got a good defense. They've got a really good defense. So you better watch out. I, I saw I was I'm hoping this my is phone the yesterday. game and then we still won it, right? That that's what I'm hoping. Oh yeah. I, I the spread's ten and a half and the the all of the well, the betting line that I looked at was ten and a half and it said take Iowa in the points. But if you look around all of college football, there there was something in the air this past weekend. I mean so many teams got jumped up and bit. Like, so many people were, there were ranked teams losing to unranked teams. There were uh, higher ranked teams beating lower ranked teams. Or, yeah, that's the right way to say it. There, I mean, there was, there was close games with teams that should have been a blowout. It happened all over this weekend. Yeah, there, there were a few of those for sure. I, I there were a few of those for sure. I mean, Clemson, who's ranked fifth, they went had to go to overtime to beat Wake. Now Wake does have a tough quarterback. I don't know that he's an NFL quarterback, but his name's Sam Hartman. He's pretty good, and the game was at Wake. But I think Clemson's way overrated, and they, and it was overtime before Clemson won. Um, and I think Clemson's way overrated. They're A and M. AM should have got beat again. You know, yep. the Arkansas had them on the ropes. Arkansas yep. blew that game. And I like that team. I like Arkansas. I want to like Texas AM, but right now on offense, they don't show me a lot. Well, and circling back on the, the Corum thing, just uh, there was something I wanted to mention before I forgot about it with, with Corum running the ball so much at Michigan. Um, not not only is that hard to sustain for a season, but the the way I look at it, you and I have always talked about running backs, and we, and we know their careers aren't long. Uh, we know you have to watch out for soft tissue injuries, but we we always talk about miles, right? The miles you put on a back, you, you can't the get them back. Yeah, and it's like I look at Corum. If you were to do that, and he were to survive the season, he becomes. Although not as big, not as athletic, in my opinion, he becomes Saquon Barkley. He can be a stud. Penn State fucking rode him into the ground. And then it's like he gets in the league and he can't stay on the field. And when he's out in the field, he's still a flash. But he can't stay on the field. He's never healthy. They need to. They need Edwards back, and they and nobody. They don't have anybody that runs with the toughness of Corum. You you look, and even though he's I mean, he's not, so stout though, he's five he's, eight, but he moves like the pile. Fifteen. I mean, yeah. he's he a moves fucking the pile. rock. So but, and then you see him do that jump cut. And he runs yeah. away from people. Yeah. Well, his burst, right? That's it. I'm like, not people kidding, run yeah. him down, but when he does that jump cut, his first three to four steps, he just explodes. I would have done against because Maryland was daring Michigan to run the ball. And I would have run read option all day. And JJ can do that. I would have run it all day. And they really didn't. But, and I don't know if you saw, but like his, the three times that I saw them run it. He made he the wrong fucking read. He misread it. He the end collapsed, and he should have kept the ball. Yeah, and he'd have yes. been running yes. for days. Yes. 
Yeah, uh, but it was a weird game for him, and I, I won't, you know, I, I think he is hands down the better choice than McNamara. I don't think they're even remotely within the same class. But if he's going to play like that, you can find 60 better QBs in NCAA football than the way he played last game. I would tell you this about McNamara, and I don't think he's the better athlete. You know that. But I think I've told you this before. You watch and see. Next year, Cade McNamara is going to be playing for a really good football team, and it might not be Michigan. And he's going to, But he's going to be playing for a really good team with a lot at stake. And it might be Texas A&M. It might be Georgia. It might be Clemson. But he's going to be playing for a really good fo- It might be Arkansas. He's going to be playing for a really good team next year. And because he's got a place, I, I'm not I'm not saying he's the better athlete, but he's got a place. Oh, and I'm, there's something to be said for a game manager. I mean, for years when Alabama was building their their tenure or whatever for their dynasty that they, they have under Saban, there was a very long time where their QBs were game managers. They didn't run very well. Didn't have a great deep ball, but they never turned the ball over. And, and if you're making smart reads and you're doing that, there absolutely is a place in the sport. And you might even make a better case for being an NFL quarterback. But in AJ college, Mc, wasn't it AJ McCarron or something like that? Yeah, McCarron. That's exactly who I'm thinking of. McCarron. And Greg McElroy was the same way. And I believe he won a national title there too. And he was the same way. He yeah. wasn't, you know, he wasn't like flashy. He wasn't outstanding, but he got wasn't the job McCarran done. That the announcers got in trouble for talking about his girlfriend. About his girlfriend, well, yeah. Brett Musburger. <laughs> so, yeah. any, so, well, anyways, something, something lecherous. He said, yeah. "Well, he just I mean, said, you know, well, you know, boys and girls, this is what your girlfriend looks like when you come play QB for the University of Alabama." And everybody's yeah. like, "Whoa, easy, buddy." Yeah. <laughs> Yes. You know, it was Herb Street doing the game with him and Herb Street even said something. Yeah. Like, Whoa. Wow. <laughs> and and I despite him being an Ohio State guy, I do like Herb Street. Oh, um I but I he is bad for that. Like if something bad happens on air, instead of it hopefully it slides and only a few people caught it, he almost always acknowledges it. And well, it's like, I, I think it comes from having to cover for Lee Corso. So that's much. what I'm saying. Like, he'd be like, ah, fuck it. With like the tiger head, you know, <laughs> and they'd be like, oh my God, you can't oh. say that on game day. <laughs> well, he just but did. Anyway, so, so and that's kind of our, our cover on college sports. Kentucky almost got bit too, by the way, but, uh, we had we had another heartbreaker in, in the NFL with the Detroit Lions. So it seems like, at least in the media, I don't think his job or anything like that, but just in the media, Campbell, the coach of the Detroit Lions, is, is kind of in the hot seat right now. And, and people are bitching, you know, like what it came down to was we had a final drive where we could either go for it kick a field goal or punt and the those options potentially ice the game with and like so a it, minute 15 left right so Something so like if, that. 
If we kick the field goal, the game's over. If we make but, it. But it's also a career it's long for yarder. Right. Uh, it's very it long. It would have been a career long. And yes. it's one of those, I, I know 60 plus, it's less than 20%, but I feel like it's like less than 35% of 50 plus yard field goals go in. So I understand the scrutiny. But if we punt the ball, I don't think the other team had any timeouts, but they did have to drive the whole field in a minute and 15 seconds regardless. If we go for it, and again, I didn't watch the whole game, but I had heard that we'd gone for it a few times on fourth down and continued getting it. So if we go for it, it would be kind of following the trend we had done for that game, and we've proven we can get it done. Um, and if we kick the field goal, if we make it... We're up six. We're, we're, yeah, we're up six, but they, again, they get a kickoff and they have to drive, and now, now they have to score a touchdown. Uh, a field goal doesn't do anything for them. But if we miss, they get the ball on the 44-yard line. And we missed. And then we lost. So I think it would, they would have gotten the ball. They got the ball at the 36 or 37 because with the snap, seven you're yards. You're right. You're right. With yeah. like the three yards. Yeah. yeah. But at any rate, your point's well taken. So, and you're right. Not only did that defy the logic <clears throat> of that game for Campbell, that's his whole coaching tenure. He almost always goes for it on fourth down, especially late in the game. He'll go like he. That's been his moniker. And then he didn't do it. And he asked this kicker, who lots of kickers bounce around, but this guy has never kicked a field goal that long. He missed one shorter than that earlier in the game. And, and Campbell hasn't kicked. I just, okay, here's my confession. I told you I had a confession about that. Yeah. I hate the Vikings. I mean, with a passion. It goes back to my childhood. Okay. Well, I thought it was from Steve. No. No. That was just, that was uncomfortable talking about it because <laughs> he was my boss and he was, he grew up in Minnesota, was a big Vikings fan. But here's why. And I'm open and honest about it. I can't tell you how many times that game Sunday happened when I was a kid. The Lions would beat them up the whole game, and then late in the game, the Vikings would come back and win. I can't tell you how many times that happened. And that's the only reason I don't like the Vikings. It's because they always beat the Lions, and it seemed like we always got screwed. I don't have anything personal against them. There are players they've had that I liked. I like John Randall. I like, certain, I like certain guys on their team. But the, the confession part of it is this. I taped that game because I couldn't bear to watch it because I knew it was going to, I felt, I didn't know if I knew I'd made a lot of money, but yeah, I but felt you had like the intuition, right? It was, I just felt like something bad was going to happen again. I did check the score on my phone as the game progressed. And when I saw it was 24, 21, I'm going, uh Oh, you know, cause the lions were up 10 in the fourth quarter. And I just thought, well, you know, this, I'll be able to watch it and relax. When the game got over and I found out how it ended, and I saw a few highlights, and I've heard the local backlash, I, I deleted the tape. I didn't even want, I didn't even watch well, the game. So, so what was the final score? 28-24? 28-24. 28-24. 
Yes. I mean, yes. I don't even know if they had to kick the extra point or what, but, but yeah. So my thing, and I understand you, you got to make a game time decision based on momentum. If you're up 10 and they start closing the gap, it changes things. I understand that. But the way I look at it, I understand kicking the field goal and going, you know what? I'm ballsy and I want to put this game away, which it still doesn't put it away. That's the that's the bonehead part. I understand wanting to get up more than a field goal, but like you still don't if they score a touchdown, you didn't do yourself any favors. So you know, I I would rather go for it than kick the field goal, but I understand the thought process. But my thing to me is we're playing you know, 60 minutes of football here. And we have 21 points put up against us. Are we really see- – that means that on average they're scoring one touchdown per quarter and they only have a minute left to do it. Are we really scared they're going to drive the whole length of the field when we've only given up 21 points? I'm not. One, is- if, if you don't punt it, you're showing your defense that you have no faith in them. But two, this is a team that's, they've only put up 21 points in the first, you know, 49 minutes or 59 minutes of the game. And you got to survive one more and you're scared that they're going to get more than a field goal. Because if they get a field goal, you could overtime. I always get frustrated with, um, coaching decisions on defense. Um, And I will openly admit that they're all smarter than me and they all know more about football than I do. But when I see somebody playing prevent, it's like, I'm not doing that. I am not doing that. I am going to play the defense that has been successful for me, like you said, to hold them to 21 points for 59 minutes. I'm playing that defense. I'm not trying to keep stuff ahead of me. That is a single play desperation type move to me. And I think Aaron Glenn's a really good coach. And I think he, it may not be this year, but I think soon Aaron Glenn will, our defensive coordinator, will be a head coach in the NFL. I really do. No, I but hate that. I would play that aggressive style. I would play that style that I would stunt, I would blitz, if not, whatever he does which he does all of those things at various times, and I would not lay back. Not in that can, situation. No, and I you can still it. run a dime package and, and run a regular defense just with faster If you're going to beat field. me, you're going to beat me with what I've had the most success with. The issue I have with prevent, and, and I, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people share this. The issue I have with prevent is we're allowing you to nickel and dime us out down the field. Now, if we're not up by seven, it, it, you can tie it with a field goal, right? I, I'm assuming, okay, let's say we're only up by three. Let me make that more specific. If we're only up by three, you can tie us with a field goal. But eventually, you're going to walk us down the field far enough to where you can start striking at the end zone. And now we've got a problem because we just went prevent, 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 and all of a sudden, when we get close to the red zone, we have to change to a defense that hasn't been on the field for the whole freaking drive. Frustrated so, me for so 50 but, years. But what I hate about it is we're letting, it's not just the nickel and timing. You're doing the same thing to the clock. 
So you're going to take that thing down as far as it will go and either tie the game so I don't have a rebuttal or you're going to win the game and I don't have a rebuttal. But if I play my regular defense and you gash me, there might be 45 seconds left on the clock after you score and I have a chance. And all of the, my, all defense, of the above. my defense has only allowed 21 points, so there's a good chance that you don't gash me and I stop you. I have a higher percentage chance of stopping you without running the prevent. But even if you do beat me, if one of your burners gets deep and scores, you left time on the clock for me to have a comeback. Here's here's the one of the coolest things about that game. And again, I didn't watch it. I just read about it. Read an article yesterday about Jeff Okuda. He followed Justin Jefferson, who is one, one of the, of the premier receivers, receivers. Yep. in this league, for sure. He 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 followed him most of the game. On that sideline to sideline, on plays that he followed him. Justin Jefferson caught three balls for 16 yards. That's yeah, I read the guy an article. That's I read the guy an... we drafted. That's the guy we drafted. I read and an I, article I'm that so said, is good now, question mark? <laughs> I'm so glad. He, he did that with uh, Devontae Smith in week one. He never caught a ball. Um, Boy, those kids from LSU, though. But... Justin Jefferson, I mean, and obviously he's a premier receiver in the league. Three balls for 16 yards while Okuda was guarding him. So that's a promising thing. But going back to the field goal call, to me, it just seemed like like we were talking about J.J. McCarthy playing scared. All of a sudden, Dan Campbell played scared. He never plays scared. And that shocked me. That that just shocked me because he never played scared. I remember when he was a tight end at Texas A&M. I liked him then. I loved it when the Lions got him for a couple years. They sent him as a free agent, and it was late in his career. He is a blood and guts guy. He's going to give – he's Aiden Hutchinson at tight end. You're yeah, gonna I get didn't ev- think – You're going to get everything he's got all the time. I didn't and that think call went so ca- contrary to his personality. That that and and I mean that's you know I, I think that's one of the interesting things is that we both have a different opinion on it. But like to me, he didn't. It, it was almost the opposite. It was like I'm not sure if I want if I'm comfortable going for it on fourth down, so I should either get points or I should punt. And then it was almost like his bravado goes, I don't fucking punt. And so he tried to ice the game with a field goal. And like, I, I'm not like when I think of him, the way he talks, the way he reacts, you could very well be right that he, it was totally out of character and he, he played scared. But in my opinion, it, it was almost like he was embracing his own attitude and he let that like, Boy, going for it here is risky, but I don't punt. He almost let that force him into a stupid decision where it was like that it was just a young coach's mistake. Like it was like the thought process, the logic went out the window. And it was like, I'm, if we're not going for it, then we're kicking it because I'm getting something out of this drive. And it's like, I. That was the worst of three decisions, bud. 
Well, a, you know, they always say as uh, many times a punt is a good play. And this is a case game. where hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Not fifty fifty. Field goal but is fifty fifty from fifty four. <laughs> but yeah. a, many times a punt is a good play. Uh, again, we're looking at it from different points of view, but that's how I saw it, is that he totally went away from his personality. His personality is to go for it, not to kick it, especially not to kick We haven't had, you know, it's been a we couple years since we had back. a decent kicker. We like last year, we were back. running them through here like, you know, it was a revolving door and none of them were any good. Well, but we had Hanson and then Prater, right? Yes. So, I mean, we went from legend to legend. Like, the Lions had way too good of a field goal kicker for way too long. Well, and before, and you don't, you don't, you're not going to remember him, but before that, they had Eddie Murray, who was really good. He wasn't long legs. He like wasn't better than Hanson like, good? No, no. He was right before Hanson. And he played a long time after the Lions signed Hanson and drafted Hanson and cut him. And Eddie Murray played till he was in his 40s, but from like 48 yards in, it was automatic. I would he love to He was see not, Hansen's though, a dance. 52, 54 yard field goal kicker. He just wasn't. But he was a really good kicker. I would love to super accurate against the greatest of all time like i i wonder how high up that list he is because he had to yeah he had to have had so many kicks <sighs> because he played for the lions oh yeah he kicked a lot of field goals um i remember the and, and jason hansen was really good and he played for a long time washington state i believe well who's and they the drafted for, him. uh the colts and the Patriots, I think. Who did? I said, who was the kicker for the Patriots and then the Colts? Adam Vinatieri. That dude is a fucking monster of a kicker. Yeah, he was. was. Yeah, he was. He was good. But Hanson, the 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 one of the most memorable things about Hanson is he was very slight, and <laughs> this is gonna sound funny. He actually had delicate features. <laughs> and I saw him try to make a tackle on a kickoff once. Oh, no. It, it was not pretty. And he was, like, out for weeks. Yeah, he had to look like a fucking practice dummy. Oh, it was bad. Just got ragdoll like one of those car accident dummies? It was dummies. really bad. I mean, well, he kind of he went down in a crumble. Yeah, I mean, like again, if I got Janikowski out there, fine, make the tackle. If it's Hanson, kick the ball and get off the fucking field. You're not our safety. Get off the field. I mean, now if I've got Pat McAfee out there, light somebody up, buddy. Just you know, whatever. I don't care for that guy. I know you don't care for him, but he's he was a good punter. One of the best punters and could hit. Yeah. Yeah, oh no, he was he was a good athlete. No I question. mean, do you remember him launching and I understand the guy's little, but do you remember him launching Holiday? No. Oh my god. He comes in and he like throws a tackle like he has no idea how to wrap his arms around a guy and he I can't even remember his name his first name, but it was Holiday. He was a receiver and kick returner for the Denver Broncos. Tristan Holiday or something yeah. like that. And little dude. There's yes. no doubt. Little guy. Yeah. I think Max, he was an LSU guy. 
just fucking rocked him out of bounds. I mean, I love that shit. And it's like coming from a punter, that that's what you gotta do. And that guy is a hell of an athlete. I mean, he really is. But um Anyways, we've been about uh, into an hour here almost, so so it's probably time to to move forward. Um, yeah, I, I know one of the things you wanted to talk about was grandkids, but um, before that, um, Melissa and I got this opportunity to go to a fall fest around here w- with our little boys, two of your grandkids, um, and, and it was really cool. It, it's at a local park. There's two sections. Some of it's at the park where they have the jungle gym slides and everything that you climb on. And then some of it is in the neighboring baseball fields, uh, like out on the diamonds and outside the diamonds, all of that. And what they do is they fill up a bunch of bounce houses and all that stuff. Um, I mean, I'm not kidding, like a bunch of bounce houses. They have obstacle courses, the standard houses, they have slides everything made out of the inflatable bounce house type stuff. Um, and, and all the local businesses come out. And so, I mean, there's uh, the dentist is out there. Insurance companies are out there. Um, what are they called? The, the people who help you buy your house. Why can I not realtors. think of this? Yes. Realtors were out there. Uh, Jets Pizza was out there. Every, every local business you can think of is out there, and they have their own tent. And all of them um, have a bowl of candy in the middle, and they give your kid candy like it's trick or treating. And then they also give you, you know, their their card, their magnet, whatever. But they give you like souvenirs. So we got some of them were spoons with their logo on it to uh, take the guts out of a pumpkin. Uh, other ones were, you know, little tote bags so you could carry all the stuff that you got from everybody out. Some people had Frisbees, water bottles. Meyer was out there with a bunch of things. So you, you get a bunch of little free knickknacks for the kids, which is nice. They had sunglasses for the kids um, and, and, and all that candy cool. and fun stuff. And then uh, another big thing is, you know, I don't know if you remember, like, going out to orchards and, and stuff during uh, October but it, or, or, I guess, late fall, but... When you go get a pumpkin, you you might get like a two pound pumpkin and it costs you 20 bucks. Well, this one, they had hundreds of them out in the field and it's free. They just like all the business came to. So then you get a big pumpkin to carve and they give you the tools and we didn't carve it there. But um, so you have that. And there's also all these games. And (laughs) I just thought this was so funny. You know how I can be at times uh, with like a stern look or, or whatever you want to call it. I think you say I'm brash. Uh, but Yeah, you are brash. M- Melissa is playing a game with JJ and there's these hay bales set up in a, a re- rectangular shape um, with bowling pins at the end. And it's meant to resemble a little bowling alley. And you take these miniature pumpkins that have the stems cut off and you roll them on their side and and you do bowling. (laughs) And Melissa is doing this and this guy comes up and stands, quote unquote, in line behind her. Um, And he's with his son, no wife. And Melissa's in leggings and a shirt. (laughs) And he legitimately is just staring at her ass. I mean, like, not saying a word, 
not talking to his kid. His kid's trying to get his attention. He's not paying attention. And this dude is zoned out, like glued to her butt crack. And I walk right up to him and just like lean into his face. And he looks at me and he goes, all right, bud, I think it's time to go. And they fucking left. It's like, what are you doing, you creep? Like, he didn't, I never said a word to him. He never said anything to me. He just was like, oh, fuck, I got caught. And lit, like, 180 like a robot and sped walk away with his son. It was so funny. Uh. And I was just, I, I was cracking up. But we, we had a lot of fun there other than that creep. They had an outdoor movie, which was cool. Um, one of the areas was really cool because they brought out toddler toys. So Jameson got to go on the ground and, and, and uh, you know, play with a bunch of different toys. They, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they have like a roller coaster, a mini roller coaster made out of like plastic block Legos that the kids ride down. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, so they had those and he got to do stuff and he was having fun with all these kids and Jameson very much is your, your social butterfly. Um, so he, he was loving playing with the kids and, um, while he was doing that, one of the moms came up to me and she was, she was talking to me just about the kids, and all the stuff they got to do. And then just kind of out of the blue, it, it made no sense, but she's like, you know, I was just thinking that, you know, I got to get my kid to fit in these clothes and, and, you know, he's got these Michigan clothes and these tiger clothes and I, I got to get him to wear them before he grows out of it. And I looked at her like, okay. But then I saw this little kid and I don't know if it was a track jacket or just a zip up pullover, but probably one of the most baller Michigan zip ups i've ever seen i mean it was legit and it's like i think she was just trying to bring attention to how cool it was and that thing was freaking awesome <laughs> I, I mean like i'm jealous and i want one but um well you melissa sent me pictures um for listeners melissa's jared's wife she sent us pictures your mom and i pictures of these t-shirts she she got for the boys for your two boys and i i was cracking up at the t-shirts one of them was for jay i, I mean she said in that she sends them in a text and it says guess which t-shirt belongs to who and um, oh no <laughs> well What's it say something about food for jay no the one the one for jj the one for jj was it had like a wrench and a hammer and a screwdriver and it said grandpa's a little helper, which he is. He he loves to help me do stuff and he's really good. Oh yeah. Um at, at doing that. That's perfect. So obviously I knew that was his. Well the and I knew that Jameson's was his because it said ninety-nine percent chance I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. I mean, a little human garbage disposal. I, <laughs> but that's one of the things I talked about with the random parents out there was because they were, you know, you get talking about everything with kids, and it's like for lunch, we'll make JJ a PB and J, and he eats half of it. JR, who's two years younger, he's only a year old. We have to make him like three. And then he needs a side. <laughs> he just doesn't stop. <laughs> well, 
Well, she sent me that. She sent us those pictures of those t-shirts, and I thought those those were fantastic. You know how I like t-shirts. Oh yeah. And and I was looking at I uh, I it was in a pop up ad today, and I'm sure that many people have seen this t-shirt. I don't know who makes it. It doesn't matter. I'll try to do it justice. It's it's in pretty bold print, um, and there's a, a girl modeling it. And it says, I get my attitude, attitude in big, bold letters, from my freaking awesome, bold again, dad, bold again. So I get my attitude from my freaking awesome dad. And then under that, it says, he has a backbone made of steel and a heart made of gold. He has anger issues and serious dislike for stupid people. (laughs) Again, in bold, you hurt me. They'll never find your body. <laughs> I like that. And then underneath in parentheses, yes, he bought me this shirt. That's I, awesome. I, I mean, again, there's a paragraph written on there. And um, <laughs> I, I'm wearing a, if I ever go missing, call Joe Kenda shirt right now. Nice. Um, but uh, you know how I like t-shirts. And I, I... You know, I've had them made where I've got, because with all the six grandkids, I've got all of their names in chronological order of their birth, um, you know, from top to bottom on the front. And then on the back, I've got all their nicknames that I call them. So, uh, and I, it wasn't. So one by it, one, what are their nicknames? Okay, there's. Like name, then nickname. Juliana is, the, the again. From oldest to youngest. Juliana is Pooj, P-O-O-J. Does that have an origin or did this happen? You know, J- Jacob Jacob was calling her Pooj, or he called her Pooj once or twice, and for me it just stuck, and I call her Pooj still all the time, I'm sure. She, you know, she's three now. She'll get to a point where she says, Grandpa, don't call me that. <laughs> but I still call her Pooj. And then JJ, girl, Pooj. <laughs> JJ, I've I've always called him Boomer, and just because of the way he walks, and uh, he reminds me of a cartoon when I was a kid, and it was a little guy who could yell. He strutted around and he could yell and like cause things to fall down. He yelled so loud, um, and uh, but I've I call him Boomer. And then um, Joe's daughter Montana, I call her Boo. I, I, you know, whenever I talk to her on, you know, Facetime or whatever, I call her Boo. And then Jackson, Jacob's son Jackson, I, I just for some reason I call him Mister Jackson because <laughs> years ago there was a football announcer and he's long since I I'm sure he announced while you were alive, but. He was getting towards the end there. His name was Keith Jackson. And um, I just always, he was always entertaining. So I call him, I call Jackson, Mr. Jackson. And then uh, your son, Jameson, his nickname is Biggin. Because when he was born, he was over nine pounds. He was a Biggin. Very big boy. (laughs) And and Joe's son, Dallas, his name is Dallas Cash. He's the youngest, and I call him Straight Cash. And so I've got all their nicknames on the back. 
That is and all the regular names on the front. And part of it is so I don't forget any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but Joe's it, youngest is huge. He's a monster. That kid's yeah. big, man. He is big. But Alan, um, I, did we talk about Stay Fresh Cheese Bags? Did we talk about that? Alan no, I'm is not going, sure if we did. I'm Alan's sure going did. through this grocery store in Mexico. And I mean, he lives in Mazatlan. So they have like stores that we have, like big box stores that we have. Um, and they have, you know, grocery stores that are like Walmarts and stuff. But um, he saw this package and it said, Stay Fresh. That was the brand, Stay Fresh Cheese Bags. And so he sends me a picture of that while he's in the store, and he says, "Now I can th- now I know of something else to say when I leave a room. <laughs> Stay fresh, cheese bag. What a good one-liner! I know. So, so I, you know, because uh, we had gone, you know, we had gone on this trip, and I had those T-shirts made for the trip a couple years ago, a uh, couple summers ago." I got T-shirts made that on the front say "Stay Fresh," on the back they say "Cheese Bags." Oh my well, God. I only ordered two of them, but they shipped three of them, and I only paid for two of them. So, because I was going to send Alan one, and I wanted him to have it for his birthday, and just as a surprise, um, so I gave the extra one to Jacob. Well. I send the thing, you know, Alan living in Mexico, he says, don't send anything via the mail. He goes, I won't get it. Or if I get it, it'll be pilfered or I I just won't get it. He says, send it UPS or send, you know, (laughs) FedEx. Yeah. So I go to the UPS store and and I get these, I get this t-shirt to send to Alan and it's a $15 t-shirt, dude. It cost me 85 bucks to send it to, <laughs> to, send it to I'll Mexico. I'll send you a fucking picture. Good luck. I'll pay for it to get printed over there, bud. Good luck. Oh. Well, so then, I, and that's bucks. not the, I, he eventually did get it. He actually got it. Oh, um, my God. And, and he's wearing it. But uh, so then Jacob. I give him the extra one because it's like, I don't know, double X or whatever. So I give it to him. And he's wearing it when he's in a meeting, like a Zoom meeting with his boss, and who happens to be a lady. And she says, what does your shirt say? And so he tells her the whole, and then he turns around and he shows her the cheese bags on the back. <laughs> fresh cheese bags. I don't know. I Did she get a kick that. out of it? Was she a good sport? Oh, yes. Yeah, she goes, my husband's got to have one of those, especially <laughs> after hearing the story. But yeah, $15 t-shirt and 85 bucks. <laughs> yeah. It's like. I go, what? Rape my pockets, would you? I go, this Jesus. is a fifteen dollar t shirt. And then he's like, I'm sorry. And it's like, yeah, well, she's like we have to insure the fuck out of it because they get I'm robbed in, when you said it. <laughs> I'm invested now. I have to do it. So yeah, yeah. I did no, it. Didn't get no there in time for his birthday, but he did get it shortly after. And he <laughs> sent me a picture right away. He sent me a picture. How's he doing? 
He's doing good, but, you know, I told you about the catastrophe on his motorcycle adventure when he was trying to go to Denver by himself. You know, he flew up to Dallas because Wendy had a family reunion. He's trying to, he rented a bike like we had done last year. He rented a, I don't know, a Yamaha 1400 or something. It was a big street bike. It was a nice bike. And the bike broke down outside of Amarillo. And it was 114 degrees and no cell coverage. And, yeah, so it ends up his bike trip gets canceled because the bike won't go. He managed to, a guy came along with a van who happened to be a motorcycle mechanic. And the guy loaded the van, took it back to Amarillo, took him to Amarillo. He bought a plane ticket, flew to Denver to see Jan and... um, JP and Finn. And uh, when he got into Denver, he found out he had COVID. So (laughs) it was like that trip was a disaster. Then Wendy's in Dallas at this week-long family reunion. When he calls her, she's in the hospital in Dallas with COVID. She got COVID too. Oh, my God. So so that was back in... How long did it take him to get back home? Because you can't fly with that. Well, again, so, well, I think he just fibbed and wore his mask the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Alan says, fuck everybody else. Yeah. yeah. Because I asked the same thing. I go, did they let you fly? (laughs) His moral compass has always been guided in one straight line. (laughs) Fuck everybody else. I'm good. (laughs) Well, he was trying to get to his wife who was sick, too. So anyway, oh so goodness. then they, you know, he's he's and she is too. They're really big into art, so oh. they were going to Mexico City to look at all these like temples and museums and various places, and they were going to be there for like <laughs> seven to ten days. Well, two or three days after he gets there, there's an earthquake that goes through. And it registers 6.7 on the Richter scale. Holy shit. I guess, I guess it was actually worse in Mazatlan. It was even higher. Oh, um, my. What, did tear his house down? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think anything happened. They've talked to neighbors and stuff. They're not back home. Well, they might be back home now, but they didn't go back home right away. <laughs> and nothing in nothing in Mexico city was like wrecked. Like they're, they were, but they were on like the 16th floor. So well, he's so always been on was, the straight and narrow though. <laughs> he was a Hold bit on. edgy. Hold I on. just, I, Before I we told get... him, I go, man, you might not make any, you might not want to make any travel. No shit. <laughs> it's like disaster. You're going to be in a plane crash next. <laughs> don't, but, don't even say that. But I mean, uh. so, I have a question. Yeah. Did he just like leave the motorcycle? Like what? No, he did called he the guy because he did it? one of those rideshare things where you rent it from an individual. Yeah. And no, he called the guy. He you know, when the guy the guy picked the thing up in his van and took him back to Amarillo. The guy took Alan and the guy loaded the bike yeah. in his the guy's van. And they took and he took the bike and Alan back to Amarillo. So the bike was originally rented from Amarillo? No, it was rented so what, in Dallas. So but what he got it back as bike? far as Amarillo. 
And I mean, this literally sounds like a Louis C.K. joke where it's like, you know, no, when I, you rent a car, you're just like, yeah, I, I left it here. And they're like, sure, you can't do that. And he's like, I'm on a plane. I don't know what to tell you, but the car's there with the keys in it. Well, no, he had talked to the guy and the guy was all apologetic, but, you know, and he didn't. You know, obviously, and he didn't left it to that the guy bike. to go get it, the bike, right? I think it quit on the first day. And the guy between the guy and the motorcycle mechanic, it was all good. And the guy was gonna come pick it up. So and, he just fucking left it. <laughs> yeah, he l- left and got a flight to Denver and got cold and then got cold. He's COVID. like, Hey, your shit broke down. Good luck, buddy. It's here. <laughs> well, and he oh, was <laughs> and he was kind of upset because I mean his trip was ruined. And he was, you know, out of plane yeah. ticket and all sure, this other real stuff. Butt that... hurt on his way to go see fucking art and all this fancy shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, giving everyone COVID that he passed. Yeah, a whole plane full of people <laughs> headed back to Dallas. That's what I ask him. Mm. I go, they let you fly? He goes, well, They're like, we're really anybody. struggling with this containment because fucking retards keep getting on our planes. <laughs> oh, so anyway, <laughs> I, I had just suggested to him recently, you know, I said... Um, <laughs> I, I said maybe you should not have traveled for a while. I'm like put yourself in a padded room for a hot minute. Oh, I'm telling you, I don't you eat know. any exotic food. <laughs> he, <laughs> we gotta yeah, go out to his place sometime and play some golf with him. He wants to come up, and he's gonna come up. I think he's going to come up. Well, he's doing a bike trip next year, and he wants it to be, well, he's willing for it to be like in Tennessee or something, like where he'd fly up to Dallas. Because Wendy has that family reunion every year, and she has a great big family. And, you know, it's okay, but he doesn't necessarily want to stay there for a week, even though she does, which is, that's cool. And, um, And that gives him a chance to, you know, take a bike trip. With and who? So he was actually we he was trying to do it this year and just because of circumstances I couldn't do it. I was just gonna ride, you know, the big bike down there. Um and meet him in Tennessee and, you know, fart around for a couple of days, but it just didn't work out. I couldn't I couldn't get away. There was too <laughs> much stuff going on here. But he wants to do that every year and he'd love to play golf he you know i told him i go well he's gotta come up here to play because i'm not gonna find any fucking lefty clubs to run anywhere well yeah well you you can but i understand what you're saying but yeah i he he said he wants to do i would fully expect that he will come to michigan next year i don't know that we haven't talked about that specifically but i would fully expect that he'll come to Michigan next year, you know? And so maybe we'll get a chance to play golf. It'd be great if he could play in the outing. And I know they'd let us play with five, you know, and it'd be, you know, it'd be great if he could play in, in one of the outings. But uh, yeah, I I know he's planning on, he just said he wants to keep doing these kind of things. I mean, if he could come up he for, I don't know how long he can be out of town 
from from uh, his wife. But if she's there for a week, how many does he have a week, or does he have four days, or what? No, I think he'd have a week. So I if he has a week, even a little I mean, more if, if he came up here, we could do like we could like rent a place, like just the guys, like Petoskey, and we could again do tunnel of trees we could ride around up there and then we could play on one of their nice ass golf courses too yeah i'm not i'm not saying he'd want to do that but i just like if he was coming to michigan i it, we don't have to just sit at home like we could do a trip here well you know, i've I, told him that i've told him that i said you know we could i said i've got two bikes and i think i'm gonna have two bikes for a minute so I said, we could do a Michigan trip, you know, if you got here, we could go up into the UP or do whatever, just, you know, <laughs> excuse me, but, or we could all fly and meet somewhere. I don't care. We could do that too. I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of the U S that I have not been to. Well, so, I mean, even if again, it was just I, I, regular I'm, I'm, riding. I know I've told you this, but you gotta go west, man. It's just so and and the Smokies and all that, and and the Alleghenies and the Adirondacks—they're all pretty. They really are, and they're green mountains. But to me, there's not just nothing like the West. It's just, and I—that's something that's on the bucket list for sure for beauty. I mean, like you and I rode through some mountains on the way to Texas. I don't know if we we're in Arkansas or wherever the hell we were at. Those arcs, yep. And they yep. were awesome, but yeah. All of those things are like on the bucket list, but I'm even saying like if there is something we all want to see or something like a city you haven't been to or, you know, like how when we were younger, we went to Gettysburg. If there is something that we wanted to go see, I don't even care if I'm riding through like a regular town. It's just. Uh, like the experience of riding together and then doing something. I, if we were going anywhere to just just cruise and have fun, one thing I would like to ride one day is the Pike out in Pennsylvania. I mean, I drove that for a wedding, and I feel like that would be a great motorcycle ride. Pennsylvania Turnpike? Yeah. Oh, I've driven that more than <clears throat> once on a bike. Yeah. I, I mean, I love going through those little small mining towns and all that out there. It's oh, yeah. Pennsylvania is awesome. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, <clears throat> regardless of, of what the trip is, if we want to do something where it's like beautiful motorcycle ride, and I obviously don't have a problem with that, but if there's something you guys wanted to see that's not off the list yet, you know, like a... I don't know if there's a place you haven't been that you still want to go. It's like, I wouldn't mind just doing that, just to share that experience and, and whatever riding we find while we're out there, we find. There's some beautiful places in Texas, and I'm sure he, I mean, he'd fly to Dallas, rent a bike, and then, you know, ride with us. We'd, you know, we'd have to rent bikes too, you know. Um, Always I'm, Colorado. I'm sorry. How was Colorado for riding? Awesome. Because I, I think the, have never. The last been... I knew, Colorado had more motorcycles per capita than any state in the union. Well, I'd ne I've never been. I know his daughter Jan lives out there, and so we could, you know, do a guy's trip, stop and see her as well, and and ride. And I, again, we'll figure this stuff out when we're not recording. But I just there's a lot of cool things we could do, and I I mean that sounds exciting. Uh, if you guys are open to everybody going, I absolutely would be interested. 
man, I'd love that. And I, I tell you, I mean, I'd absolutely go to Rapid City again, but I want to go to Yellowstone again. I want to go to Yellowstone. I'm in. And, and I want to go in through the north end, through Montana. I mean, it, it is just, it's, it's, I, we've talked about it before. It's just On, beautiful, beautiful. And country. speaking of Alan, we definitely, ne- next episode, we should bring up some, uh, some good, maybe we'll do a highlight reel of your funniest moments with him. Um, but, but we definitely got to bring some of those up. I think people would really enjoy them. But we're, we're, we're approaching our hour and a half mark right here. So, um, right. is there anything else you want to talk about briefly for a few minutes or, or are you good to wrap up? No, I, I think I'm good to wrap up. Um, but we should just, you know, for our sake and we should get your brothers in the loop and we should talk about when we could make that happen because that'd be a fun trip. It, and it doesn't matter where. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm good All to right. go. All right. Well, once again, we, we appreciate you guys stopping in and listening to all of our listeners. Please like, follow, share, subscribe. Um, if you have any recommendations for topics you want us to cover, any segments that you really enjoyed and you'd like us to talk about more, please let us know. Feel free to, to comment below the video. Um, and, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks. Take care.